interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three. Yes, I realize I was a bit uninspired. Hey, it's cool here if you don't know. And it is time for yet another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in a rather gray downtown Halifax. I hope everyone is having a good Friday. Let's see what I did there. Um, so yeah, it is Friday. It is the weekend. Um, it is time to kick back and relax. And some of you are probably... Um, not so much relaxing, but enjoying the festivities over at the Halifax Forum right now. It is Geekwinox. It has started a day early. It's doing that now, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyone who has paid for either Friday, uh, for either Saturday or Sunday, uh, gets Friday free. And um, I do believe that there are still some tickets at the door. So if you want to head over to the Halifax Forum. Um, enjoy some of the um, pre-festivities festivities, uh, that is certainly an option for you but keep the radio on while you're on your way there that would be much appreciated anyway um, here we go with another episode here starting of course with well excuse me what we usually start with which is what's going on at lowbiasgaming.net uh, not very much, but uh, there is a little bit of stuff. There is uh, Scarlet with hit with uh, his entry for the April 2019 monthly um, games, where music is a main factor of the game. He played beat the game, and he apparently beat the game. It took one video. It's not a very long game. It's also very uh, strange. Um, I would suggest checking it out because it is really strange is the only word I can attribute to it. And also uh, Jason for his um, low bias monthly for a little while ago for November 2017 Adventures of Lolo. Uh, there are four new episodes available there. Uh, 365 days of the Super Nintendo is still going strong with the latest episode being Aladdin. Uh, as well as a soundtrack for the game Gun. Um, as with other games um, along with it. Anyway, that is what's going on there. Let's see what's going on over here. And um, hope you enjoy the show. Yes, you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by The D-Pro and is called CV Title. It is the um, remake of the title song from today's game from the archives. You play as Vince M. Lewis, fresh off retrieving the Silver Staff of Zooks from deep within the labyrinth in the previous game. While making your way through the tunnel past the altar, the staff goes out of control and fires off several beams of light, causing a cave-in behind you that traps you within the Caverns of Zooks. And this is indeed Caverns of Zooks. It is a um, basically top-down adventure game for Megazooks. Uh, developed and published by Gregory Jansen and released in 1994. Well, Gregory Jansen, Software Visions, whatever you want to call them today. Um, yeah, it is uh, the inaugural, I guess you could say, Megazooks game. Um, kind of has a bit of a love-hate legacy to it, I guess you could say, but um, I think most people um, nowadays kind of look back at it and realize what was possible with Megazooks at the time. It has grown substantially since then, but um, it's still a pretty neat game, honestly. Um, kind of simple, but still fairly wide, has a fair amount of content to it, and um, almost 10 years ago I decided to Let's Play it, my inaugural year of uh, Let's Playing. Yes, I have been doing that for almost 10 years now. It's kind of interesting to think about. Anyway, uh, that playthrough is available on lowbiasgaming.net, so you can check it out there.
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was Palace Ruins by Super Jet Spade. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, it is time now for the news of the weird, yes. And as always, I am looking for something similar to news of the weird, but not news of the weird itself in that same digest format that can last about uh, 13 to 15 minutes, as I usually quote. Um, so if you have any suggestions on that, please let me know over on Twitter at SquareSim, S-Y-M. Also, I do not read these stories ahead of time. Um, although I do, uh, scan them for objectionable content, I did read one story ahead of time, uh, just to check that. So, um, that's just the thing. Anyway, this segment is about 13-15 minutes long. Some stories may not jive well with all audiences. Take that as you will. Our lead story for today, entrepreneurial... (laughs) My goodness. Entrepreneurial spirit. Big words. Scientists are aghast at an eBay listing offering a rare baby T-Rex fossil for a $2.95 million buy-it-now price. Fossil hunter... Uh, Alan Dietrich, who discovered the fossil in 2013, is believed to have created the listing in February for the 68 million year old artifact, which until recently had been on loan to the National uh, Natural History Museum at the University of Kansas. CNBC reported the specimen has a 15 foot long body, 21 inch skull, and serrated teeth, and Dietrich estimates its age at death to be about 4 years. The Society of Vertebrate Paleontology issued a statement expressing concerns that, quote, the fossil, which represents a unique part of life's life's past, may be lost from from the public trust. Only casts and other replicas of vertebrate fossils should be traded, not the fossils themselves. I definitely agree with that. Um, The... I mean, you're not going to find any new um, T-Rex fossils anytime soon, unless something like Jurassic Park happens, which I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, think of it this way. If a necromancer comes by your home and wants to animate your T-Rex skeleton, at least have a baby one, so that you don't end up with a full-size one trying to eat your face off. I mean... small-sized one trying to eat your face off is not going to be as pleasant, but at least it's more deterrable. Another day at Walmart, ladies and gentlemen. Um, at, at around 8.30pm on April 10th, things got interesting at an Eau Claire, Wisconsin Walmart store. Lisa Smith, 46, entered the store with her unleashed dog, Bo, according to police, and as Bo distracted shoppers and store staff, Smith pulled apart store displays, putting them in her cart. After being asked by workers to leave the store, Smith went out to the parking lot and started practicing karate moves. Bo grabbed a box of Jiffy Corn Red Muffin Mix and also attempted to leave the store. Meanwhile, Smith's son, Benny Van, 25, has made his way to the back of the store where he was completely undressed 
exposing himself to other shoppers, and grabbed new clothes from store racks before attempting to run over police officers with his scooter. WHO-TV reported Smith was charged with disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, and misdemeanor bail jumping. Van racked up charges of lewd and lascivious behavior, disorderly conduct, and retail theft. Bo, police said, received only a warning for his theft of the muffin mix. Not that any, um... Not that any precinct in their right mind would start imprisoning dogs, but I guess he could be sent to a kennel or something. But... That's quite the, quite the Walmart story. I'm glad I wasn't there. Um, speaking of Walmart stories, here's another one. Crossville, Tennessee police officers pulled over Sally Selby, 45, at 5 a.m. on April 5th. That's a lot of fives. As she motored down Highway 127, no fives there, in the slow lane, driving a Walmart mobility scooter. She was on her way to the Waffle House, she said, to buy a cup of coffee. WTVF reported that Selby initially told officers she had built the scooter, but Walmart confirmed it was one of theirs and had surveillance video of Selby driving the scooter out of the store to back up their story. She was arrested for theft. Scoot! Scoot now! Go! The Scooty Puff Jr. is not fast enough. What is going on? What is going on is the continuing crisis! Oh no! There are two things here. Double no. In Cary, North Carolina, triple no. Well, I have nothing against Cary, North Carolina, honestly. I was just trying to be funny. Sometimes it doesn't work. In Cary, North Carolina, Wake County Deputy Jay Radelaide, uh, yeah, let's go with that, Radelaide, responding to a report of a car crash on the, uh, on the evening of April 5th, found one of the drivers, Jerwood Don... John Derwood Johnson, 36, of Fort Worth, Fort, learn to speak, Coolio, Fort Worth, Texas, um, had gotten out of his car and removed all his clothes before starting to walk across the street. Lots of nudists in this news of the weird today. Um, as Deputy Radelaide tried to arrest him, Johnson hit her on the head, reported WTVD. With the help of other first responders and some pepper spray, Radelaide was able to subdue Johnson, who was charged with assault on a government official. Radelaide was unhurt. Johnson was taken to an area hospital for further evaluation. It definitely raises some questions when someone is just going to, you know, stop on the side of the road. Or rather, even... No, this car crash. Crash their car somewhere and then just strip down and cross the street. There are some questions to be answered there for sure. In other crises, on April 13th, a family in Newtown, Connecticut, returned home from a morning shopping trip to find Joseph Achenbach, 35, wandering around inside their home, you guessed it, naked. Uh, the Watertown man had crashed his SUV in the homeowner's backyard and moseyed inside through an unlocked glass door. Achenbach's clothes could not be found at the scene, leading police to believe he had been naked when he crashed. Fox 61 reported that he was charged with second-degree criminal trespassing and driving while intoxicated. You don't need clothes to drive. Watch, I'll show you to it. 
Anyway, that was very bad drunk acting. By Coolio, if you don't know. Uh, stay in school, ladies and gentlemen. And um, if the previous stories are not enough reason why, maybe this one will be. When the Wilkinson School in El Granada, California, received a bomb threat on the morning of April 11th, it didn't take long for administrators to empty the, bu the building of staff and students. But law officers searching the grounds found nothing, because the threatening phone call actually came from 2,100 miles away in Woodville, Mississippi. That's where a 15-year-old student intended to threaten her own Wilkinson County High School, reported the San Jose Mercury News, but apparently didn't check her Google search thoroughly enough before dialing. And uh, definitely, um... Definitely worth double-checking your results before starting to make um, threats to the, to the wrong location. But then again, it's probably best not to make threats in the first place. That just seems like a very rude thing to do. Our next story... Ew. We've all swatted at pesky sweat bees buzzing around our heads, but a, ta a Taiwanese woman suffered a more invasive form of irritation after participating in the Qingming Festival, or Tomb Sweeping Day, where, excuse me, where Taiwanese people visit their families' graves to spruce them up. The 29-year-old woman, identified by her sur surname He, uh, thought she had gotten dirt in her eye, but when the eye later swelled shut, she went to Fuyin uh, University Hospital for help, the uh, Washington Post reported. Hung Chi Ting, the hospital's head of, of uh, ophthalmology, looked her in the eye in, uh, through a microscope and was startled to see insect legs wiggling in her eye socket. Okay, the doctor eventually extracted four sweat bees from her eyelid. The bees, which crave salt, were feeding off Hay's tears, he explained. Hay is uh, expected to fully recover and the bees still alive were kept for further study. It's... You, you hear these stories in, like, occultism in general, like... Someone's, you know, drinking another person's tears or using them in some, you know, evil potion recipe or something. They never suspect the bees, is what I'm trying to say. Suspicions confirmed. And now for this next story. Suspicions confirmed. Um, a concerned animal lover in Devon, England, contacted authorities on April 8th to report that a fox she had been watching hadn't moved for several days, reported Fox News. In response, Ellie Burt, an officer with the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, suggested trying the broom test, which didn't make the fox stir, but Burt told it, uh, quote, track them with its eyes and seemed to be breathing well. When Burt arrived on the scene, she quickly diagnosed the problem. The fox was a fake, stuffed by a taxidermist. She, uh, he'd clearly been placed under a bush outside of the houses as a prank, Bert said. Uh, someone had been moving it around, uh, around the neighborhood. Bert discarded the fox, quote, to avoid any further calls. You know, I'm not the, per the type of person who would keep you know, any sort of taxidermy in his house. 
but there's definitely some work done in those and you know, don't throw those away just keep them in a house somewhere keep them nice and clean and out of people's um eyesight i guess you could say anyway Next story, the litigious society, an unnamed 40-year-old man in Muncie, Indiana is suing his parents for trashing his collection of porn videos and, mag and magazines, which he estimates was worth $29,000. Wow. According to the Associated Press, I'm not kink-shaming or anything, that's just impressive. According to the Associated Press, the man had been living with his parents for 10 months following a divorce, and after he bought a new house, his parents delivered his possessions minus the 12 boxes of porn. His parents admitted dumping the collection. In an email quoted by the lawsuit, his, uh, the, father the father told his son, I did you a big favor by getting rid of all this stuff. The son is seeking $87,000 in financial damages. Why are you seeking 87000 The stuff was worth twenty nine. 29000 would have been fine, dude. Also, you don't need $29,000 worth of porn. I... Well, I don't think you do. Maybe you have... Anyway. Let's leave that one alone. I've stumbled through it for long enough. Cautionary tale. Param uh, paramedic Natalie Kanicki, 23, was lying in bed watching a movie in her London flat when she stretched her neck and heard a loud crack. Thinking nothing of it, she went to sleep, but soon reawakened to realize she couldn't move her left leg. I got up and tried to walk to the bathroom, and I was swaying everywhere. I looked down and realized I wasn't moving my left leg at all. Then I fell to the floor, Kaniki told the son. She called an ambulance and a CT scan uh, confirmed that she'd had a stroke. When her neck cracked, it, it had caused her vertebral, a vertebral artery to burst, sending a clot to her brain and triggering the stroke. Kaniki spent a month in the hospital while she regained mobility on her left side. Doctors hope she can return to work in 6 to 12 months. That's kind of scary, but um, kind of goes to show you, if something weird cracks or pops or, you know, snaps or whatever something weird happens in your body best not to leave it alone bad things can happen in our last story for today least competent criminal brandon Corey lacroix 26 of greenwood south carolina really wanted to get rid of his neighbor in March 2018, the New York Times reported the FBI was tipped off that tipped off that Lacroix, uh, Lacroix rather, had contacted an unidentified white supremacist group and asked them to get rid of the neighbor. Let's just say, an FBI agent posing as a hitman got in touch with Lacroix, who offered $500. Uh, for the act and told the agent he was planning to take over the neighbor's property. As soon as LaCroix made a $100 down payment, he was taken into custody. On April 12th, LaCroix pleaded guilty for a, uh, to a murder for hire charge and was sentenced to 10 years in prison and 3 years of supervision. Not the best way to leave off the news, but um, I guess that's what we're getting. Uh, so let's move right on to the weather, and it is currently 11 degrees here in Halifax. 
Um, and uh, looking at misty conditions right now, uh, 6% chance of drizzle early this evening. A few showers or periods of drizzle beginning this evening. Fog patches amount about 2 millimeters. Uh, wind southwest 30 kilometers an hour gusting to 50 and low of 12 except 8 along parts of the coast. Uh, Saturday, April 20th, showers or periods of drizzle and fog patches about 2 millimeters of rain. Wind southwest 20 kilometers gusting to 40, high 16 except temperature steady near 9 along parts of the coast. UV index 3 or moderate. Um, and at night, uh, showers or periods of drizzle, fog patches about 2 millimeters. Uh, wind south 20 kilometers gusting to 40, low of 12 except 8 along parts of the coast. And um, if you're impressed at the amount of rain in the forecast for just those uh, two days, well, there's going to be a lot of rain this week, I guess. Uh, Sunday, April 21st, 6% chance of showers and a high of 12 going down to a low of 9 and showers. Uh, these showers will persist throughout Monday, April 22nd with a high of 11 and low of 7. And uh, again on Tuesday, April 23rd with a high of 12 and a low of 6 and 6% chance of showers at night. That 60% chance of showers will persist throughout Wednesday um, with a high of 9 and a low of 2 degrees. And Thursday, April 25th, a 30% chance of showers and a high of 8 degrees. So it's going to be a very wet week for you guys, um, but at least it's not snow. And it's just going to get warmer from here. So take that as you will, I suppose. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And let's get some music going.
was second by Canasibus from his uh, new album Filler. This actually a preview that was just released today, and the full album will be released one week from today, so be sure to check that out. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. <laughs> Welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And I found a thing. Yes, I found a thing. And I will share that thing with you in a segment that I like to call I Found a Thing. This is actually another example of a thing that I found many years ago back when uh, this thing was uh, just new, but has recently been brought to my attention again. So I figured I'd share it with you guys if you have not heard of this. Um, it's kind of an interesting story. It's normally a lot of consumer stories are kind of buyer beware type of thing, but this time it's seller beware um, as a bank gives this person a little too much credit. And we'll get to that in a moment here. This is from the Telegraph back in 2013. Yes, August 8th, 2013, written by Andrew Trotman. Man who created own credit card sues bank for not sticking to terms. When Dmitry Argarkov uh, was sent a letter offering a credit card, he found the rates not to his liking. But he didn't throw the contract away or shred it. Instead, the 42-year-old from Voronezh, Russia, Russia uh, scanned it into his computer, altered the terms, and sent it back to Tinkoff Credit Systems. Mr. Argakov's version of the contract contained a, contained a 0% interest rate, no fees, and no credit limit. Every time the bank failed to comply with the rules, he would fine them 3 million rubles, at the time about 58,716 pounds. If Tinkoff tried to cancel the contract, it would have to pay him 6 million rubles. So, double the amount. Tinkoff apparently failed to read the amendments, signed the contract, and sent Mr. Argakov a credit card. The bank confirmed its agreement to the client's terms and sent him a credit card and a copy of the approved application form, his lawyer Dmitry Mikhailovic told Kamersant. The open credit line was unlimited. He could afford to buy an island somewhere in Malaysia and the bank would have to pay for it by law. However, Tinkoff attempted to close the account due to overdue payments. It sued Mr. Argarkov for 45,000 rubles for fees and charges that were not in his altered version of the contract. Earlier this week, well, the week that the um, article was written, a Russian judge ruled in Mr. Argakov's favor. Tinkoff had signed the contract and was legally bound to it. Mr. Argakov was only ordered to pay an outstanding balance of 19,000 rubles, or about 371 pounds. They signed the documents without looking. They said what usually uh, what the what usually their borrowers say in court. We have not read it," said Mr. Mikhailovic. But now Mr. Arkov has taken matters one step further. He is suing Tinkoff for 24 million rubles for not honoring the contract and breaking the agreement. Tinkoff has launched its own legal action, accusing Mr. Arkov of fraud. Oleg Tinkoff, founder of the bank, tweeted. Our lawyers think he is going to to get not 24 million rubles, but really four years in prison for fraud. Now it's a matter of principle for TCS Bank Twitter. 
the court will review Mr. Argakov's case next month. So, in other words, September of 2013. Um, I did try to find to see if um, there was any update on this, but apparently, like, as far as I can tell, there isn't. If there is any update on the story, it's probably in Russian and I can't read it. But, um, and I can't search for it because I don't know enough for, uh, well, I don't really know any Russian, really. Um, so I don't know the words to search for in order to find any story on this, so that's a thing. But, um, it is kind of an interesting story, and I don't think that it would really work for anyone else. It's like, it seems like the type of thing nowadays that, um, the agreement would... Uh, the agreement that a client would be uh, sent would say something along the lines of if the original agreement is uh, modified in any way then the bank can um, can cancel it without any penalty or something like that but anyway an interesting story in the very least and one that i wanted to share with you guys today you're listening to square wave symphony on ckdu 88.1 fm halifax
That was Yoan Turpin with Princess's Destiny Akitano Remix, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. So I figured today we could uh, take a look back in um, personal computer and video game history and just uh, take another peek back in the past and see what was going on back then because there is a lot of interesting stuff in um, in the past, I guess you could say. That is a thing that can be said. I'm just stalling right now. I don't know why I'm stalling. The information's right in front of me right now, so let's just get to it. Um, let's see. So, on April 19th, in the year 2000, in New York City's Grand Central Station, Microsoft launches the Pocket PC, a specification for handheld computers. The Pocket PC runs Microsoft Windows CE 3.0 and includes several applications, music player, word processor, internet browser, and more. Yeah, that, that was really a very formative time in computers. I remember back in college, and I know I'm kind of dating myself with, with this a little bit, but um, uh, I the first mobile application that I ever made was on Pocket PC. Um, kind of goes to show um, how long ago that was. But, um, you know, speaking of Windows CE, there's something else that happened in 2000 related to that. Casio introduces the Casio Casio Pia E115 handheld computer. It features a 131 MHz 64-bit NEC VR4121 processor, 32 MB of RAM, 64,000 color, 23x30-inch, 240x320-pixel display, Type 2 compact flash slot, infrared and serial port speaker, microphone, stylus, pocket PC operating system, the lithium-ion battery powers the unit for about 6 hours, and the price is about US $599, weight is 9.2 ounces, size is 5.1 by 3.3 by 0.8. Very detailed stats here. But um, I was just thinking, the uh, the Casio Casio P, the original version anyway, um, if you want to see uh, anything about that, there is a video on uh, Ashens, uh, A-S-H-E-N-S, um, he reviews the original Cassiopeia. I don't. I think this is a later model because it has color. The original doesn't. So, kind of interesting that um, this would come up. I, I guess it was kind of a joint effort here since they were both released in 2000. Uh, in 2004, Apple announces new iBooks computers. Uh, they feature 1 to 1.2 gigahertz G4 processor, 30 to 60 gigabyte hard drive and 12.1 or 14.1 inch LCD screen. Sure. Um, and also in 2005, Majesco re releases the Psychonauts game for personal computers in the US. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, how about classic games though? We have, in 1982, Namco releases the Dig Dug video game in, arc in arcades. Um, so yeah, it is Dig Dug's birthday today. Happy birthday, Ataru Hori. Um, in 2002, Nintendo releases a Black Case Game Boy Advance in the United Kingdom, as well as um, Super Mario Advance 2 uh, in the United Kingdom as well. 
Um, in 2000, let's see. What else should I say? In 2005, Nintendo announces that Broadcom has signed a contract to provide wireless technology for the company's next video game console. Hmm. I wonder which console that was. That was certainly not the Wii. That's too obvious. Um, 2005, Gallery 1980, uh, 1988 rather, holds an art show called I Am 8-Bit of pre-1995 2D video game art. Hmm. That's kind of cool. Anyway, uh, there's plenty of other stuff here. You can check out this day in history info.info for um, slash comp vid for more information on what happened today in history. But for now, we'll have to switch to music. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
that last song was a Night Bit Nightmare Flashback by Bitrat from his album Test Subject 2. And that is rounding off the hour here for the show. I hope you liked it. Uh, I certainly enjoyed uh, providing it to you. And um, yeah, it is about that time to wrap up the show and uh, to go enjoy uh, Geekwinox. I might not be there uh, tonight. But um, definitely over the weekend, I shall be attending. So if you see me, you know, feel free to say hi. Anyway, Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McMeal Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by Format, Madame Namiki, Noriki Kimikura, Simon Whittington, um, Pink Projects, Chibi Noise, and Ensnare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by the Witching Hour, Earth and Sky at 7 p.m., and the, the um, Vinyl Factory at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim, or just search for Square Wave Symphony. Square Wave is one word on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or pretty much whatever podcatcher that you prefer to use. uh, This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know. Now see you guys next time.